Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to Season 1, Episode 7 of The The Castle Chat. Chat. Hey guys, welcome back to The Castle Chat. This week we are talking about awards. And the name of our episode is, and the award goes to, dot dot dot, live action Disney films. This is such a fun topic. I feel like when it comes to Disney films in this moment, in this time, live action is, is the hot topic. Absolutely. That's the majority of what Disney's come out with of recent is these live action adaptations from original animated Disney films. Yes. And the purpose of this episode is really for us to pick a category. So our category is live action Disney films. And we're going to dish out our thoughts on our biggest wins, on its biggest wins and failures. Yeah, I think that's a really great explanation of what we're about to do. Yeah, we're going to give awards out and have nominees and then kind of select winners and go through the rankings that Rotten Tomatoes gives and our thoughts on all these different movies. So we're going to jump right in. episode seven we are rounding out season one i know we are getting near the end only two more episodes to go after this one thank you guys so much for listening for downloading our podcast for sticking with us seven episodes deep i hope that we can continue to do this for season after season after season yes we are so excited that i mean it's really crazy to think that we are near the end of season one and that you guys have been with us on this journey so far and leaving us reviews and hanging out with us on Instagram and just having a good time with us. Yeah, this is, we've said this before, but this is something that you and I, Court and I, have talked about for a very long time. Yes. So to finally have it be our real life and something we do on a weekly basis is so fun. Yes. This is a really fun time. I love it. Uh, Extra dose of magic in my every week. I hope it's the same for you guys listening. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, we're going to jump into live-action Disney films. What are Disney live-action films? So, specifically, the category of live-action that we're going to talk about today are live-action adaptations. This is the new thing that Disney has decided to do, Mm -hmm. where they take an original animated film and they turn it into live-action, whether that be through CGI or real human Actors. (laughs) Actors. <laughs> a good example of that would be The Lion King is more of a CGI film where they've taken, it looks like a real animal, but their faces are moving and they're talking, and that is obviously CGI versus Cinderella, which has actors and um, does not have as much CGI. I think there might be like the cat might speak in Cinderella or the, the mice, do they the, speak? They, they don't speak, but they're definitely CGI characters because they are wearing outfits. They're yes. making dresses. <laughs> yes, so it's a little bit of com- a combination of both. Yeah, so specifically today, we're going to talk about the live-action adaptations. There are Disney live-action films, mm-hmm. which are just films with live actors. An example of that would be something like Pirates of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. Caribbean, whichever you choose to <laughs> say. Um, but... 
let's talk about what some of those films that have come out are. Yes. So these films really started back in 1994, and there was a small, there was a, a ten-year break where they didn't make live-action films, and they've definitely become more popular today. But the very first one was actually in 1994. Like I said, it is Rudard Kipling's *The Jungle Book*. So they're actually two different live-action Jungle Books. The very first one was 1994. Then we've got the 101 Dalmatians in 1996, 102 Dalmatians, um, 2000. And then we've got that 10-year gap, and we jump to Alice in Wonderland, 2010, Maleficent, 2014, Cinderella, 2015, The Jungle Book, the other version, uh, 2016, Alice Through the Looking Glass, which is the um, Alice in Wonderland number two, 2016. Pete's Dragon, 2016, Beauty and the Beast, 2017, Christopher Robin, 2018, Dumbo, 2019, Aladdin, 2019, Lion King, 2019, man, 2019 was the year, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, which is the second Maleficent, and is also in 2019, as well as Lady and the Tramp, and then in 2020, we had Mulan, and 2021, we got Cruella. Yeah, that is... Uh... 2019, there was like literally one, two, three, four... Five. There's five of them. Yeah. It looks like 2016, they were like, okay, we're going to jump on this idea mm-hmm. and run with it. Mm-hmm. So they put out a handful of films. They were probably, I didn't look into the specifics of the revenue they brought in, but from my guess, they were probably successful. And they said, hey, this is a great option for us to continue making money. Exactly. Let's remake people's childhood favorites with humans or cgi versus the animation that they knew before mm-hmm. and so well, they then, are popular enough that some of them were nominated for academy awards yeah so they definitely not only were popular amongst disney fans but among critics as well mm-hmm. yes so, didn't two of them actually win an academy award yeah so the only two from that long list of movies to win any academy awards is actually uh, alice in wonderland and the jungle book wow there were plenty that that were nominated for different awards. Um, I think in my research, actually, the categories that these live action films kind of dominate are costume design and visual effects. Yes. So again, same idea. Visual effects is going to go towards that CGI live action and the costumes for these animated films. Think of like your original princess cartoon type movies now being made with popular actresses and they get to design these elaborate elegant gowns and outfits that they wear during the movies mm-hmm. all those are getting academy award nominations for the costume design mm-hmm. and makes sense why alice in wonderland won two awards because the, um the visual effects in that movie are out of this world like just i mean you feel like you have entered wonderland yeah so alice in wonderland my brain is being refreshed a little bit as we're talking. Actually, got three nominations. Oh, I thought it was two. Okay. So they they won two, but they got three, three nominations. Nominations. Okay. Um, it was art direct, art direction, art director, something along those lines. Okay. Visual effects and costume design. Mm, the sense. one they won was the art direction, art director. I'm I, I'm assuming that has to do with kind of like set design. Back check, <laughs> fact check. Add it to the list. Um, but. Yeah, that one, in terms of popularity among um, Disney fans, Mm -hmm. for that one to have the most Academy wins, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we wanted to break down the Rotten Tomato rankings because that is kind of where 
that's just, I mean, from a critic standpoint, we wanted to share that um, before we kind of go into our opinions. And we're going to start from their lowest to their highest. Um, yes. So at number 18, they have Alice Through the Looking Glass, which mm-hmm. is that second Alice in Wonderland. Then they have um, 17 is 102 Dalmatians. 16 is Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, which is that second Maleficent. It's interesting how these um, sequels are getting lowerly ranked. Mm-hmm. Lowerly? Low, ranked lower. <laughs> um, 15 is 101 Dalmatians, which I am sad that the, both 101 and 102 are actually a little bit lower because... Actually, I'm not going to get into all my opinions because we have time for that, but... They, I thought they were pretty good movies. They're so. definitely strong movies of my childhood. I watched them a lot. Yeah. It's the first the first live-action movies that we ever probably experienced as a kid. Mm-hmm. So, um, Okay, back to the rankings. 14, Dumbo. 13, Alice in Wonderland. 12, The Lion King. 11, Maleficent. 10, Aladdin. 9, Lady and the Tramp. 8... Beauty and the Beast, seven, Christopher Robin, six, Mulan, five, Cruella, which came out recently, um, four is the Kipling's Jungle Book, which is like 1994, we got number four right there, three is Cinderella, two is Pete's Dragon, and number one, tell them what number one is. Jungle Book. Crazy. Jungle Book, the two different versions of Jungle Book are in the top five. I think that it's important to also note, though, that this second Jungle Book is, aside from the movies that came out in 2010, the Jungle Book was first in line for those secondary, that 2016 year when a bunch of live actions came out. So I think that maybe it's recognition via critics and fan review um is going to be a little bit higher because it's the first time anyone's really seeing anything like this specifically the cgi i remember going to the theater and really not necessarily being wowed with the storyline or anything like that because i'd seen jungle book before but being like oh my gosh these computer generated images cgi i don't know if images is the right We're going to say it's computer-generated images. Add it to the fact check, but computer-generated something um, were unreal. They were so good to, you know, and to have actors, the actor that played Mowgli, interacting with what seems to be real animals, but truly it's a crazy work of art that they can kind of combine what they created on the computer with what this actor mm-hmm. is doing to make it seem like they're one and the same in the scene. Um, so I think maybe that's why that Jungle Book in particular got such high rankings because it was the first time to really showcase what Disney could do with that CGI technology. Yeah, it was probably very impressive for 2016. I think it's also interesting to note that out of 18, the film that has the most Academy Award wins is number 13. 13. That's... I, I was kind of shocked by that um, in terms of the ranking specifically for Alice in Wonderland. Um, but I think a lot of the, the rankings that I see in here, to a certain extent, hold true to, to yeah, what I'm I just, it's, feel. It was interesting to me to see Pete's Dragon so high as well. It's a great movie, but above like Cruella and Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast, I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. Also I- Mulan being ranked so high. 
Yeah. And that was a little controversial. Yeah, for sure. It's always interesting because I think that these ratings sometimes have like a skewed audience or a skewed perspective. Um, and what I take in from a movie as a longtime Disney fan versus what a film critic might take in from a movie is going to be drastically different. So the things that I maybe was disappointed in or stuck my nose up at ended up being um, something that the film critics were really impressed by. So for our categories for our awards, we are going to jump into our awards section and kind of give our opinions on these movies and nominees and give some winners, give some awards out. I feel like we're part of like the Grammys or the, uh, not the Grammys because this isn't music, but part of the Academy Awards. Yeah. We are the Academy Awards at this, this is moment. the Castle Chat Awards. Castle Chat Awards. Here we are. Um, our categories for the awards this evening. <laughs> this evening. I really think I'm on an award <laughs> show. really into I it. I am really into this, guys. Guys, costumes, cast, music, best live action, worst live action, and most anticipated future live action. That is a great list of awards. We have a jam-packed ceremony here yeah. in front of us. Oh, we do. Yeah, so let's talk about a little bit how we did our award giving, how we decided yes. on who was nominated and who won each category. Yes. So what we did for each category is we had six nominees. Basically, I picked three nominees, Kate picked three nominees, and then we sat down together and we actually ranked them one through six of those six nominees of how many points we would give each of them, starting with like the lowest one with one point all the way up to six points and then we took both of our points for each of those nominees calculated them and the one that had the most amount of points was the winner so for example if court ranked something as her least favorite it would only have gotten one point yes. but if it was my favorite it would have gotten six which in total would have had a seven point so total. maybe my number three and her number one which would have gotten four and six points, which has 10, means that not necessarily my favorite or her favorite is the number one winner. We did yes. a combined point system to figure out which, between the two of us, wins each category. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we are gonna jump in with category one, costuming. And for a lot of these, um, we actually broke down overall and then like individual. So for example, for costuming, we have best movie costuming as a whole movie, and then we have best costumes. So, for our first award, costuming, the nominees are Alice in Wonderland, Cruella, Aladdin, Cinderella, Mulan, and Beauty and the Beast. Court, do we get a drum roll or do we just throw it out there? We're gonna do a little drum roll. Okay. And the winner is Aladdin. Aladdin. What a colorful, fun costume set. <laughs> For sure. That's a great way to describe it. That was terrible. It. If I'm envisioning the stars of Aladdin coming to the stage right now, I feel like they would say, thank you to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so because the list of designers would be endless. If you can imagine all of the people that are a part of the Prince Ali scene, during that song, there has to be close to a thousand people that were involved in that scene, and each of them is wearing a very elaborate, yes. wonderful costume that has a wide range of colors, jewels, 
It's visually so incredible. It is very vibrant and also very culturally appropriate to Middle Eastern culture as well. Like it's, um, it's beautiful. I think it's Disney. Art. Yeah, it's definitely art. Disney's worked incredibly hard to make sure that these remakes are honoring the cultures that they represent and come mm-hmm. from. And so I think you're exactly right. This Persian, Middle Eastern type of attire that, um, you know, it, it honors that traditional sense, but it also gives it a very fun, colorful Disney touch to it. Absolutely. And when I think about Disney costumes in general and what catches my eye, and if you put you know, scenes from different movies side by side, Aladdin for sure takes the cake. Mm-hmm. I think that all of these movies that are nominated have incredible costumes. Um, I think live action, what people love the most about these live action films is the costuming. It's taking that animation, like you said, and bringing it to life. And I think that in these movies, the directors and the designers put a heavy emphasis on that. And I love that. Um, So this category was specifically hard to select, but I think Aladdin is very deserving of this win. For sure. I think um, Alice in Wonderland actually won an Academy Award for their costume design. And the whimsy for those costumes was very fun yeah i ranked that pretty high i think i ranked we that both as, ranked it yeah we high. both it was in second place yeah so uh i i respect the costume design of that film a lot but for me personally i i just love aladdin yes i would agree great choice all right award number two best costume and the nominees are cinderella's blue ball gown that's the gown that she wears to the prince's ball. Yes. Uh, we have Belle's wedding dress oh, that she wears at dreamy. the end of the film. Jasmine's fuchsia dress that she wears uh, kind of in the middle of the film. Mm-hmm. That's when she's meeting her. I think it's when she meets Prince Ali. Mulan, um, the witch from the live action Mulan. Mm-hmm. She transforms from bird to human form and her dress that she wears when she's human which mirrors that of a bird um i know it's kind of hard to imagine that one probably um so go look it up if you don't know what we're talking about we're probably gonna um post these the images of these costumes on our instagram as well to see what you guys think so you can see it there too yeah we want to we want an audience award and see how they compare with <laughs> yes, our please. awards we want to know um and we have uh lady tremaine's entry dress the first dress that you see when lady tremaine comes into the cinderella live action it's kind of green and black that's the stepmom mm-hmm. in case you're wondering we have Glenn Close's Cruella in 102 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. She has a red jeweled fire. dinner dress, so it's called. It's like fire. Um, that is nominated as well. So that's yes. the list of specific outfits um, that we are, or specific costumes that we are nominating mm-hmm. for an award. Also, very hard category to break it down specifically into costumes, but the winner is. Glenn Close's red Cruella outfit. Yes, literally fire. I mean, like, yes, I, when selecting my winner for this, I went through the list and I said, if I got to put on one of these costumes and feel so cool for 10 minutes, 
which which outfit am I grabbing off the rack? It's a it's a like a it's a power costume. Yes, uh, if I had to put on that red dress, ooh, I would strut around for as long as I could before they made me take it off. All of the all of the options here are very very great costumes. Oh my, gosh. I mean, on, my number one in this would um, I still ranked the Cruella outfit pretty high, um, but I would have loved to have worn the Cinderella blue ball gown. Yeah, that one. The way it I, sparkles with the butterflies, with the butterflies, and the layers, and the tulle, and the like. If I wanted to feel like a princess, that's what I'm putting on. I think too, Cinderella's blue gown is so iconic. I, I mean, Cinderella in general is iconic. So Disney having to put, you know, that into a real form and not just an animated version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure whoever was tasked with designing that had a lot of weight on their shoulders oh, to I'm get sure. it right. I would love to know the team of people that were involved in making that dress. Yeah, I love the the blue that they chose was much bolder than the animated version. Which I'm glad they went with mm-hmm. the bolder color. I love, I think it's true of a lot of these classic outfits that uh, are a part of these live action films. The people who design these costumes get the opportunity to, like I said, take something that was animated and probably pl- pretty plain Jane um, yeah. in terms of how it was drawn out for an animated film and turn it into something extremely elegant, oh. so beautiful. Just like the Cinderella gown has the little butterfly detail and the sparkle detail. I also loved how Belle's gown, um, they kind of added to the story of the gold coming from little bits of the ballroom and yes. um, bordering that dress as well. So that one didn't get a, nom- a nomination from us, but um, I just love getting to see these uh costumes in in real life yeah oh okay award number three best cast and the nominees are aladdin cinderella beauty and the beast cruella maleficent and alice in wonderland I think there's a theme for us here. There's a long list of live action movies and we are strongly nominating these princess films. <laughs> we are slightly biased. We love princesses. But yes. I mean, I think some of these newer live actions have some of the most incredible effects and cast that like the older film the older films just didn't have. Yeah, I think Disney took an opportunity to learn from those early ones and say, okay, what works, what doesn't. Yes. And has built on it each time they release one of these live actions. Yes. Okay, let's reveal okay. the winner for best cast. Best cast, drum roll. Cinderella. Cinderella. Oh my gosh, this movie is near and dear to my heart. Um, and it came out in 2015. And the actors in it at that time... They are they're popular actors and actresses from other mm-hmm. films, but I think from a kiddo's standpoint, they aren't. It, it wasn't. Um, I'm gonna spoil something from our next list of nominees, but um, it for for kids watching Beauty and the Beast, they knew who Emma Watson was. Yes, a lot of kids have seen Harry Potter. She's very well known. Yes, and I think for me, one of the benefits of the cast of Cinderella is there are known actors and actresses but uh, from a 
standpoint of watching the film without being distracted by previous characters you know them mm-hmm. from um, benefited the ability of those actors and actresses to tell the story really well. So out of this cast, there were um, quite a few different people that either are recognizable or, or not as recognizable. Um, will, will you go ahead and let, name off some people that are in the cast? Yeah, so... We have Kate Blanchett as Lady Tremaine, or the stepmother. Um, you might know her from a lot of different things, um, but kids who were watching the film probably weren't as familiar with her. She's in Lord of the Rings um, and a handful of other you know, very popular films. She's a popular actress. Um, Lily James, who was previously in Downton Abbey. Abbey. She's also in a version of Pride and Prejudice. I Um, thought she was in that or like Little Women or something. I was trying to think of which one it would have been. She's also in Mamma Mia. Um, Oh, yeah, 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 she is. Yeah, so she has a a good uh, resume, but again, not things that kids were probably going to be Mm -hmm. very familiar with. Uh, Richard Madden, who yes. plays Mr. Kit or the Prince. Oh, um, Dreamboat. Yep, he was in Game of Thrones. So, again, something that is not kid appropriate. <laughs> um, yep. We have Helena Bonham Carter, who is Bellatrix Lestrange from Harry Potter. Uh, um, she's just an iconic, she plays such iconic characters. Yes, she does. She is in a handful. She's of, the fairy godmother in this movie. Yeah, and the way that she's done up in this film. Um, even if kids did watch Harry Potter, they might not have recognized her. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of actors and actresses who have been in well-recognized things, but mm-hmm. for kids seeing this movie for the first time, I think it allowed them to view this film with fresh eyes and not be focused on, oh my gosh, that's the, the girl who's playing Cinderella. I saw her in blank. Yes. Um, which they might have done for something like Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Which we'll touch on in our next category. (laughs) Okay, next category. Award number four, I think. I might lose track on what numbers we're at. But the next award is Best Casted Role. And the nominees are... Johnny Depp as the Mad Hatter. Emma Stone as Cruella. Emma Watson as Belle. Will Smith as the Genie. Kate Blanchett as Lady Tremaine. And Glenn Close as Cruella. From 102 Dalmatians. Yeah, one, oh, one and two. The, or, the original. <laughs> the original. The original Cruella. Oof. Man. That was a stacked list. That's a stacked list. And the winner is Emma Stone as Cruella. Yes. This is one of the most recent live action films. It came yes. out in May of this year. And... Emma, I think as soon as people saw that Emma Stone was cast as Cruella for mm-hmm. this film, everyone went bonkers. Yes. She, as an actress, she is so versatile in her ability to be able to take any character that she does and really fit that mold. She has done so many different types of characters. But when I, I would agree, when I saw that she was going to be cast as Cruella and the way that you could just see her madness in the trailer... I was like, this is going to be, she's going to be so good in this role. And she was. Yep. She's, I mean, easily stole the show. Emma Thompson in the film is great as well. But Uh, Emma Stone, for sure, caught my attention out of all of the nominees listed. Um, I did list Emma as pretty high on mine. She wasn't my top. Tell us about your top. Uh, My top. I, I don't think there is a better casted person for the Mad Hatter than Johnny Depp. I know you haven't seen Alice. I have, I've 
pieced it. You pieced it. I've, I've seen kind of the beginning and then maybe I had to leave or didn't get to finish the movie. And then I saw a middle part of the film, you know, months later. I haven't sat down and seen the whole thing through, which is a shame seeing how many mm-hmm. awards and, and things that it has achieved. So yes. adding it to my list. Yes, definitely. Although I think that Emma Stone is a wonderful Cruella, like just so good for that role. I don't think that Disney could have picked anybody else for Mad Hatter. Yeah. Like it's like Johnny Depp or Bust. Like I don't know. And when I think about who else could have played him, I can't think of anyone that would do a better job than Johnny Depp. For sure. So in my opinion, I personally would have picked him as the winner. But I also had Emma Stone as number as number two for Mm -hmm. like five points for that. So I I am with that as well. Yeah. But I had to talk about Johnny Depp. Yeah, he's great. And I do agree. Even though I haven't seen the film or am not super, super familiar with his role as the Mad Hatter, the bits that I've seen and just knowing Johnny Depp as an actor and his repertoire, I think that he is for sure perfectly cast here. Mm-hmm. Um, he does the kind of quirky yet loony yet mm-hmm. um i don't know how you would describe him with adjectives Just wild but, um <laughs> i mean it's kind of the same sense as his role as captain jack sparrow yes you can't imagine anyone else in that role so no. i i can assume that that's the essence that he brings to this character or maybe it's just that johnny depp can do any character that he's given like similar he, to emma stone i don't know of a film that johnny depp is in where he did not go above and beyond to fit the character. My acting hero. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on to music. I love this category. We just talked about it, kind of. We did just talk about music last episode, so go check that out. But best music, and the nominees are... Aladdin, The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella, Cruella, and The Jungle Book. And we had a tie for this one. So the winners are Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. Again, we are on theme with the princess winning (laughs) films here. Um, I think that's partially attributed to the fact that we grew up loving these films and getting Mm -hmm. to see them in this new uh, version was really exciting for me personally. I'm sure for you as well. But um, I think that for me, the reason why these films ranked really high for me is because they brought the old songs that I knew and loved as a kid. Yes. But they also added very oh, new, exciting I, songs that yes. are amazing. They made renditions to old songs and they created new ones, like you said. And I think listening to the original soundtrack and then listening to these live action soundtracks, it both bring back um, nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something I think that Beauty and the Beast did really well. Um and they, they did it in a different way in Aladdin, but for Beauty and the Beast specifically, I remember watching interviews about how um, there are kind of plot holes that were put uh, in the original Beauty and the Beast, um, whether that be in their songs or the film in general, mm-hmm. and they use this live action to correct it and also yes. add to it and have it make more sense. And so, Which I love. I yeah. think that's so cool. Yeah, they did it and Be Our Guest. They changed the lyrics a little bit so that it made more sense. Um, They added uh, Days in the Sun and Evermore. And I think that really 
builds the character development for the beast into um, this character that is really hard and cold and you really are rooting for him to have his heart change. Um, But it gives you a background on him with Days in the Sun to tell you why he got to that point where he turns the Enchantress away and becomes a beast. Um, But then also shows that change in his heart um, through he gets his own ballad. Like, I know. That's pretty cool. Why didn't the Beast have a ballad before? I love that. I know. He gets his moment to shine. Absolutely. So. Both movies worthy of this win. All right. Best song. And the nominees are... Speechless, sung by Naomi Scott and Aladdin. Once Upon a Dream, sung by Lana Del Rey from Maleficent, Baby Mine, sung by Arcade Fire and Dumbo, Evermore, sung by Dan Stevens from Beauty and the Beast, Call Me Cruella, sung by Florence and the Machine from Cruella, and Days in the Sun, sung by many cast members from Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) Many cast members. (laughs) I love that. Okay, our best song winner, also had a tie yeah we can't choose on these songs well, we here. keep ranking them enough to get the same amount of points so our best song winner is speechless and once upon a dream great choices here i love speechless uh, you're a big big speechless fan well i'm just a big fan of songs that weren't in the original movie that really help fill in those plot lines and do character development because when i think about princess jasmine and i think about speechless this song is literally it encompasses her entire character and her storyline about what it means to be in her position as a female a female coming into power and being like stopped by all this opposition and so she's like no like they're trying to keep me speechless but i won't be speechless and i think it's a very powerful princess jasmine moment that we never got in the animated film yeah i think that that's again these live action films are taking things that for us specifically as 90s babies um when i was watching aladdin as a little girl i wasn't necessarily trying to dig for that female empowerment message um I more so think that the original animated film does this, um, like, choice between power and love or choosing for yourself theme, where this Mm -hmm. is very much showcasing that Jasmine, who is this princess, she's royalty, in order for her to have any form of power for her country that she loves, Mm -hmm. she's held to the the will of a man to marry her yep and it has to be something that benefits her her kingdom politically and so for her to be able to have this new note or tone of you don't have to tell me what i need to do to protect my country to Mm. do what's good for my country i can do that on my own i don't need you know a a political gain or a man specifically to tell me how to rule um so i definitely think it's a strong power ballad that was added to the aladdin film and once upon a dream is just a very 
whimsical, mysterious song. And Lana Del Rey is the perfect person for them to pick for this song, for this original um, song from the movie of Sleeping Beauty. But taking a whole other approach to it. And I know that I think that's the song they used in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And, it is. And you said that when you heard that in the trailer, that's what made you want to go see the film. Yeah, that's why it rang so high for me because it's specifically out of that list of songs. Um, I love, love, again, I'll bring it up a second time. I love Evermore from Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. I think it's, again, kind of like Speechless, a really great uh, addition and character development moment in that film. Um, but. I didn't know anything about it going into the film and once upon a dream for me again in the trailer caught my attention and i was like "Ooh, this is a new mm-hmm. moody take on <laughs> a new moody take yeah on a film that i definitely am aware of but also a film about a character that wasn't previously the protagonist um sleeping beauty definitely is the highlight character of the original animated film and now with this live action we get Maleficent's story which Maleficent I know we didn't mention much in these awards is Maleficent let me get my words right Maleficent 1 and Maleficent 2 are both incredible movies so for those of you who haven't seen the film Maleficent is played by Angelina Jolie and Aurora or Sleeping Beauty is played by Elle Fanning Um, I think they're very well cast roles as well. Yes, I think we had that on one of the best cast nominees. We did have it. I I rated it as um, my second highest. Yeah, so um, I I love that film in general, but this song for me is what caught my attention to make me want to watch it. So I think that that's why it ranked as a winner for me. Well, on the opposite side of winners, we do have a winner for the worst in our opinion, live action film. And we didn't have any nominees for this. We just had one. And (laughs) (laughs) we just chose. We just chose. It wasn't that hard for us to choose. Um, The worst live action goes to Mulan. Yeah, I really, uh, my hopes were really let down here. I felt like this film had a lot of potential. I've read a lot of articles about why they took this approach with the film. Going back to Disney doing so much work, research, and effort um, to honor the cultures that are represented yes. in these films, um, based on articles and, and interviews that I've read, China was not very happy with the way they were presented in the original animated film. Their culture is um, much different than the U.S., um, and again based on what i read i'll have to maybe find some articles for people to reference um but they didn't love the comedic relief um when talking about you know fighting wars and Mm -hmm. um this time around disney wanted to make sure that um, the people of china and asian culture was represented in the way they wanted to be represented through this film and so it took a very serious turn Um, We had no characters that made us laugh, like Mushu (laughs) or Cricky or the grandma. Um, They all were kind of extracted from this film, and um, they decided to make this film um, have a a somewhat general... Generally, it had the same plot, but the way they got to the end result was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
adding um, the character of the witch and um, just how uh, Mulan approaches her battle in, in the transformation of her taking off her armor and saying, I don't need this um, to fight and being led by the phoenix. Um, I think there's some cultural significance with the phoenix as well. Um, yeah. So I do you know, appreciate Disney's effort in um, wanting to honor these cultures. However, when I watched this film, it was not the Mulan I was anticipating. Yeah. It didn't have songs. It didn't have comedic relief. It was very culturally appropriate. I think it did a very good job of honoring China. Visually, it was beautiful. Yeah, costuming was great, but it wasn't the Mulan that we grew up with. It was totally different. I think the Mulan that I remember and grew up um, being so in love with as a kid was somebody who's kind of like me. She's a little bit goofy, doesn't really have it all together. They're trying to make her, you know, this um, bride and she's not really into it, not really ready for it. Um, and she loves her dad so much and knows that him going to war could kill him. <laughs> and so she goes on this crazy wild journey with her ancestor guide, Mushu, and um, her grandma's lucky cricket. And um, <laughs> it's definitely, it, it starts out as funny. There's songs that I love so much. Um, but it does. I'll make a man out of you. I was so ready to hear that. I know. And when it didn't happen, I was like, bump bump. I did like the the new um, song that Christina Aguilera sang oh, song. for the trailer, or yeah. I mean for the credits. Um, that was nice. But again, <laughs> not, nice. Having, not having songs in the movie. Um, just it, it wasn't what I was expecting. So okay. I think I, I had the biggest letdown when I finished that. I was like, oh. That was, that's not the Mulan I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But on a lighter note, we can switch to what we think is the best live action. Yeah. So our selections for best live action. Yeah. We each chose two, our top two. Mm -hmm. We chose one that was the same and two that were different. (laughs) And so the one that was the same ends up winning our best category overall. Yep. What's that movie, Court? Cinderella. Cinderella live action. Oh, it's my absolute favorite live action. It is it is phenomenal. Um, from the cast to the costuming to the music. Really, the whole thing is such a great representation of that original film. Like we said before, Cinderella is so iconic. And so to take that animated film and make it live action, I'm sure there was a ton of pressure. Um, because people love that original film so much and like the icon of walt disney world is cinderella's castle like she is a very iconic princess um i would say like besides snow white i mean snow White was obviously the first princess i would say what cinderella is the second uh cinderella is 1950 uh sleeping beauty sleeping beauty may have been second but i think out of the original princesses cinderella is like the most hyped like i think so for sure and so for when this live action came out, I think everybody was extremely excited about the opportunity that it had. And I think it exceeded everybody's expectations, or at least at least ours. <laughs> and um, it was, you know, rated pretty high as well, right? On the Rotten Tomatoes. Let's mm-hmm. see. It was third. It was third. So mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, the critics also agree with us in that. 
but I think for backup, we had uh, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, which were also great runner-ups in this situation. Um, Beauty and the Beast is also a beautiful film that does fill in those gaps, like mm-hmm. you talked about in the plot, and Aladdin with their songs and costuming um, could have easily won this category as well, but Cinderella really does does take it all, tops it. Yeah, I think um, that Cinderella, the live-action version, they actually took... Um, the storytelling approach more from the Brothers Grimm version of Cinderella mm. um, than the original animated film. And so I think that um, the way the storyline goes is really seamless. And it gave me a classic film that I liked as a kid. I won't say I watched Cinderella more than I watched Mulan, the animated version. Mm. Um, and it actually gave me more of an appreciation and love for this character. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So what's our final category, Corey? Final category, most anticipated future film. And there are a lot of um, future films that are coming for live action, but the three that we thought would uh, would be good on this list were um, Hercules, Hunchback, and Snow White. Yeah, so all these films do have some form of a plan to be made into a live action. I think what makes a good live action film is one that isn't heavily reliant on CGI. Mm. Um, I think the CGI definitely enhances the experience because for something like Hercules, you can make all the monsters and things that are going to be in that movie with CGI, but Hercules is part man, part God. And so for him to be played by an actor, same thing with Meg, Hades. Um, It would be really cool. Same thing with Snow White. Maybe the dwarfs would be CGI, but maybe they won't be. I don't know. Um, That will be really cool. I think... Honestly, all of these um, <laughs> would be great to win this award, but I would say that out of all of them, we said that it would be a tie between Snow White and Hercules. Yeah, I think Snow White, again, kind of same thing with Sleeping Beauty or Cinderella. The film, the animated version of the film is Disney's original hit. I mean, it is, in terms of Disney history, a big deal, uh, but I think it could the, the story could be told in a more exciting way. Yes, I do think um, that. I, I would really anticipate seeing what they would do with a live-action version of this film. I know there are other versions of it that have already been put out. Yes. Um, but having a, a Disney-geared one, I yes, think, would be a really awesome Lots new... spin-offs, but natural, like, Disney live-action would be definitely the way to go. For sure. Maybe some updates to those songs that aren't um, <laughs> so appealing to the ears exactly. in modern day. Exactly. Well, thanks for um, joining us on this award ceremony, the the Disney Live Action and Academy Awards. Yeah. With Court and Kate it as your was, hosts. It was absolutely a blast for us to put this together. We are definitely planning on putting this out to you guys yes we want to hear what you guys think because these are just our opinions we want to know if you agree with us disagree with us or if you have completely different nominees or winners in those categories so definitely be on the lookout on our instagram for that Okay, we're back with our small shop shout out. And today, our small shop is Foster by Magic. I really like this company. Girl, Um, you love this company. They are the background on your phone. They are the background on my phone. You are so right. Oh my gosh. I, yes, I actually, so backstory um, Foster by Magic makes Disney inspired minimalistic jewelry. 
So on my photo, on my wallpaper on my phone, it's actually a picture of one of the necklaces that I have with some flowers around it. And I got this necklace because I was struggling at the time and was going through a really hard season and wanted a, a necklace that would kind of help inspire me to see the good. And um, I got, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow on the necklace, which is our little tagline at the end of our show. But um, it's from one of my favorite rides at Disney. And it's just a really good reminder that there is a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you. And it was something that really gave me a lot of positivity and hope. And um, I saw that this company was making this like circle design gold necklace with the, with the text on it and I just had to have it. And so I literally wear it almost every day. I looked down to see if I was wearing it today. I'm not wearing it today because my outfit doesn't work with it. But <laughs> I do wear it all the time. Um, every Instagram picture you see of me, I'm probably wearing my gold circle necklace and that is the one that is on my background of my phone. But I love the company itself because they do make, the jewelry itself is not in your face Disney. Yeah. Um, they make a lot of hands. I also have a necklace that has the castle on it. They make earrings and bracelets, not just necklaces, but um, it's just really cute. A cute way to keep Disney on you without it being like Mickey Mouse's face. A little sprinkle of magic. Yes, a little sprinkle of magic. Which is great. I think that it's really cool to have um, a piece that you can wear on a regular basis that actually inspires you. It's uh-huh. a, it's a piece of jewelry, but it's also a reminder of what you're hoping to get out of your day. I think um, for me, with Walt always saying "keep moving forward," mm-hmm. I keep that in the back of my mind. And so, having a piece of jewelry that you Should know one, actually um, brings that to the forefront of my brain when I look in the mirror and maybe I'm having a tough day, and I'm like, "Man, yes, today is a good day." We'll keep moving forward. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow. Yes. And oh, I love my necklace. It's also because I'm like really scared to get a tattoo. So I would get that tattoo on my body. But also I'm like, no, I'm just going to put on a necklace every day with the message. It's like the same thing for me. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> totally the same thing. So definitely check them out on Instagram. Their Instagram handle is at Fostered by Magic. They also have a um, just a general jewelry line that's non-Disney related. Um, it's very more like just lifestyle jewelry. And I believe that their Instagram for that is just... Um, foster jewelry i think is their instagram for that but on their foster by magic page they do have the link to their other instagram account so check out both of them oh my goodness it's time for another unpopular opinion it sure is and this one might be controversial i think this one's gonna be super controversial oh yeah people might really come at us for this there are definitely some diehard fans i know somebody that actually has a tattoo of this on their body i think i know of one through instagram not one personally but i definitely have seen tattoos of this and um i i could live without it all right drop it let's hear it the unpopular opinion for this week (laughs) i'm gonna spit it out so fast so people don't come for me dole whip is not all that and Mm, i specifically pineapple really just yes specifically pineapple dole whip the original the the one that people go gaga for is gross i it is hardcore pineapple it's too much it doesn't help that i just don't like pineapple flavored things i think if i i know there are other flavors of dole whip and i have actually yet to try the other flavors and i will be doing that um on my trip so i will definitely be trying that out but pineapple dole whip give me lime give me lemon give me orange give me strawberry give me raspberry even the cotton candy from the new backside of water um yeah dole whip 
I will have any of those before I have the pineapple Dole Whip. Don't come at us, okay? I just think it's a little bit too strong of like artificial pineapple flavor. Yeah. I can't, I like I pineapple. Mean, I just wish it was a little more subtle. Granted, I haven't even tried it because I... You just don't like pineapple. I just don't like pineapple. I already know I'm not going to like it. Yeah, I hate mango. I will never try anything that's mango mm. flavored. So yeah. I feel similarly about mango. I just, I wouldn't even, I'm, they did actually have a mango Dole Whip up cone at one point. Yes. And I thought it was so cute and I would have just been buying it to take a picture of it. I wouldn't have <laughs> even tried it. And it's what, it's like soft serve really is what it is. Yeah, it's actually dairy free. So anyone can have it which is great i love that that's an option for anybody with a dairy sensitivity or dairy allergy um that they can go and try um but for me i'm so glad they have other flavors because it's the pineapple is is not my not my first choice yeah or my second or third well (laughs) that's our unpopular opinion for today people might not be happy about that one but that's why it's a segment (laughs) (laughs) moving on to next week next week will be episode eight ask us anything i'm really excited about this episode because really this is the opportunity that you guys have to literally ask us anything we're going to be putting out some polls on our instagram over the next couple of weeks um well actually we're filming this a little bit early but over um just before this episode comes out we will have put out a lot of polls on instagram to kind of ask you guys what do you want to know from us um we will answer anything and everything. It does not have to be Disney related, um, but we are looking forward to answering those questions for you guys. So look out for those on our Instagram. Yeah, come at us with something a little out of the box. Yes, we're get creative. Out of the box. Oh, that is That's Disney. A great TV show. <laughs> it is Disney. Yes. If anybody else loves that TV show, I really hope you sing that with me. So yeah, we're excited about that. But in the meantime, you can catch us on Instagram. Where can they catch us on Instagram? at the castle chat and yeah. they can shoot us an email where can they shoot us an email the castle chat at gmail.com love it what else should they be doing they in should their be free time? <laughs> in your free time you should be leaving us reviews uh without Spend all your question. free time doing that <laughs> without question that's what you should be doing with your free time <laughs> no we would love if you guys would leave us a review on apple or spotify um we really do love hearing what you guys think of the podcast good or bad feedback we are here for it Give us some stars. Leave us some words. Uh, We do appreciate everything that you guys do for us and uh, just being our listeners. So, Yeah, the point of this is to have a conversation with like-minded people who love Disney as much as us or maybe want to learn more about Disney. Maybe we can help you grow your love of Disney. Um, But the best way for us to do that is for you to actually – for you to actively participate in things like Instagram or email or – reviews so we can chit chat back and forth so fun well we're gonna leave you guys with there's a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you go make it magical see you real soon bye